Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends, guys. Welcome back to our slash malicious compliance, where people teach others a lesson that they'll never forget. And this episode, guys, it's all about bad landlords getting their just desserts. So if you've ever dealt with horrible landlords, this one's for you. I hope you enjoy the stories. Hit subscribe if you're not. And as always, you can send or link your post to this email right here. Let's dive in. So about 10 years ago, my husband and I were renting a house while we tried to buy a place. The landlord seemed nice, so it was a great situation. When we found a place to buy, we gave him our forwarding information along with the keys. It took about two months to get our deposit back and we were shocked to say the least. The guy had taken $400 out. He had an enclosed porch that had a screen with no glass. It had outdoor carpeting that was gross, and we bought a remnant to cover the carpet since we had little kids, and it was questionable. It wasn't ideal, but it was a rental. When we left, we rolled up the carpet and we threw it away. Anyway, the landlord stated in his letter that he was taking out $400 because we had broken the lease by having a dog, and his proof was the condition of the carpet. Now, of course, we did not have a dog and that carpet was gross when we got there. We tried to explain, but he was having none of it and he would ignore our attempts to reach out. Plus, how do you prove the absence of something? So cue the malicious compliance. If you want to follow the lease so carefully as to make up animals, well, perhaps you should read the laws a little better. According to our state, landlords have exactly one month to send the deposit back, and the guy took two. And according to the law, you can be held liable for three times the amount, $1,800 in our case. So we sued. We no longer wanted $400 back. We wanted $5,400. It was somewhat painful as he dodged attempts to serve him and he had out-of-state attorney friends try to intimidate us. But eventually, he had to hire an attorney and we settled on $2,000 in addition to the $1,400 we got back. We filed with the help of a friend, so we didn't owe any attorney, just filing fees. The guy ended up paying $2,000 plus attorney fees instead of our $400 for a phantom dog. Know your rights as tenants. I agree 100% with what Opie said. Definitely know your rights as tenants, guys, and always take pictures prior to moving in. And trust me, guys, when I say that, because I learned the hard way over a decade ago, when I had a scummy landlord try to basically bully me out of surrendering my deposit by threatening to take me to small claims court. With that said, though, I'm glad that scummy landlord got what he deserved in the end. Try to take $400 from us, let's have you pay thousands instead. Like, I'm trying to imagine the look on that guy's face when he was ordered to pay that sum of money to OP and his wife. Must have been priceless. So this happened a few years ago. My wife and I were renting this apartment from a family friend of hers. She was best friends with his daughter growing up, and she had known him for 15 years. The guy was at our wedding. We paid the rent full every month on time. However, there was an issue that plagued this renting agreement, which was the washing machine. Over the course of the two and a half years we lived there, we went through four washing machines. 
the landlord kept buying the cheapest, oldest units he could find, typically something that was used and refurbished, and putting that into our apartment. We would use the washing machines normally, not overloading it, etc. But one day, one of the machines broke in a way that flooded the whole apartment and did damage to the floor and wall. Well, when machine number 4 broke, the landlord had enough. He came over and looked at the machine and promised to go pick up another one at the store and be back in a couple of days. The guy even mentioned to my wife how much he's enjoyed seeing our daughter grow up from a baby to a toddler and how he considers us all extended family. And that was the last time I ever saw him. Two days later, we received certified mail from him saying that we needed to vacate the property by the first of the month, following the next. It was already like the 20th, leaving us just about five weeks to move. His letter said that we still owed him the full rent for next month unless we were out before then. I worked it out over text that he would take our deposit in exchange for rent so we didn't have to pay. I then asked if we would have another washer that week like he'd promised and the guy flipped out. He told me that the washer and dryer was never part of the lease, and that I was free to purchase my own, and then he reminded me to leave by the first. He also told me that he would throw everything that was left in the apartment in the trash. He even called me to remind me a week before the first to clear out, and that anything left behind would be personally thrown in the trash by him. Well, as you can imagine, I was a bit upset, so I took him at his word. I saved all of our garbage, including my daughter's dirty diapers, food waste, etc., plus all the trash that gets uncovered and created, while preparing to move. For five weeks, I became an obsessive hoarder. I never threw anything away. I pulled junk from other people's trash. I took TVs from around town. I even got the remnants of a dead tree my parents cut down in their yard. I kept it all. I put it all in giant trash bags, and I stored it on our deck. On the night before the first, I opened those bags, and I dumped all that stuff everywhere inside the apartment. I covered the floor with so much litter that it was impossible to walk through the apartment without stepping on rotten food, leaking diapers, old wrappers. It was disgusting. The guy texted me almost a week later, asking me what the F I had done. Apparently that trash got left to rot there for a week without air conditioning before he came to check on the unit, and the smell was just permeated into the carpets and the walls. I then sent him a screenshot of the conversation, where he said that he would throw everything that was left out. He told me that I knew what he meant, and let's be honest, I did, but he was willing to throw out a 15-year relationship because he was tired of buying cheap washing machines, so F him. Oh my goodness guys, talk about a next level petty compliance, which a lot of people in the comments are saying that OP went completely overboard with. Let me know your thoughts. This person says, wait, you absolutely trashed the apartment with rotten food, garbage, and dirty diapers? Holy, you scumbag. If I was that landlord, I would have dragged you back there by your neck and made you clean the place. This is vile. You're a vile person, and I reckon that you're skipping some things. You went from a normal, happy relationship and suffered an eviction, so you absolutely destroyed the house? You collected garbage, dirty diapers, all because of an eviction, and the best part is, he gave you an extra month, and he let you pay that rent via the security deposit, so you double effed him. I hope he sues you. Well, I hope he beats your butt, but suing is good. And this person also comments, what you did could be considered a crime. 
you're lucky he didn't press mischief charges against you. So again guys, let me know what you think. Do you think it was justified what OP did after the landlord evicted him and his family, or is OP an a-hole for doing what he did? OP does come back with updates though that say, So in the aftermath, he sent me a bill for $200 for his cleanup. Over the course of two and a half years we'd lived there, I'd put in a bunch of labor into the apartment. I helped with replacing the floor after the washer flooded, helped him reconstruct his deck because the old one was falling apart, I refinished the cabinets and added handles to them, and repainted parts of the apartment, etc. The guy was terrible at fulfilling maintenance requests, and he would take weeks before coming over to fix anything, so I did almost everything myself. So I sent him a bill for all my services rendered, minus the cleaning, for $200. I had done all the work for free because I wanted to help make sure we live somewhere nice, and he was our friend so I was happy to help with bigger projects. I really am being honest when I say we were ideal renters. The guy completely blindsided us with this. We could have been okay, but he did a complete 180 and he was a total a-hole overnight to us. My mother-in-law was also renting from him, and he told her that we were simply moving because our lease expired. He knew what he was doing was wrong, and he wouldn't own up to it. And since people keep asking about how we could go through four washers, here's how. The property was a new acquisition for him, and we were his first tenants there. The washer that was originally there was broken when we moved in. The second one had a crack in the basin, which leaked a bunch of water where we couldn't see, until the water damage was spread in front of it. The third worked for quite a while, until it had some computer error where it wouldn't drain the water out past the halfway point. So it was always full of about a foot of standing water. The fourth was about three months before it became totally unresponsive and the guy wouldn't do anything. He kept buying these from a discount used appliance store where everything was sold as is. So nothing had warranty and he couldn't return them. If he hadn't tried to cut corners and just bought one decent washer, it probably would have been cheaper and definitely would have been easier. So yeah, with OP coming back to give that update, let me know what you guys think. Is he in the right for doing this to his landlord or is he still in a hole? Leave your comments down below. So this isn't my story, but it's my cousin's that she recently shared with me. The background is, my cousin, her wife, and their two kids lived in a rented apartment, along with five other resident units in a European country. The place isn't completely upscale, but it's definitely not slum, and it's a really beautiful place. That's when their landlord decided to evict as many residents as he could, so he could renovate and bump up the rent by three times. Pretty crappy. This all occurred starting back in September. Now, Scumlord, as my cousin passionately called him, had tried to keep it a secret. But another tenant, who did work on the apartments for a reduced rent, found paperwork when he was fixing a broken window at Scumlord's residence, which happened to be a very, very nice house. He shared it with the other residents because that paperwork was drafts of eviction notices for random things. For example, pictures of the residents in apartment 3 leaving garbage in the hallway. According to my cousin who lived in apartment 3, they kept finding bags of garbage outside their door. Not theirs, but ones full of fast food, takeouts, and very unsettling magazines. My cousin is vegetarian, and their family doesn't eat takeout, so it's definitely not their garbage. But back to the story. So basically, my cousin and all the other residents came together in their courtyard, and realized that their landlord was faking these sorts of things to get them all evicted with fake photographic evidence. None of them were very happy, especially since one apartment was apparently being rented by the couples who just had their first child, another an elderly couple who had nowhere else to go, and the maintenance guy who couldn't find anywhere closer to work and he didn't have a car. 
rent prices were skyrocketing, and these guys literally had nowhere else to go. Of course, they found this out while Scumlord was out of town, so they couldn't confront him. As they were stewing over this, my cousin's wife had an idea. They had been planning to repaint their living room because the paint was peeling, and Scumlord had said in an email to just paint it. Now, he didn't specify how it was painted or what color needed to be used. So my cousin's wife Allie suggested that they get permission to paint their places, but in horrendous ways, and then move out quickly. Everyone except the older couple jumped on board, which, as my cousin explained to me, they didn't want to start a fight in a losing battle. The older couple later managed to move into a retirement community that their families found for them to go to. Anyways, the rest of the residents agreed to it, and Scumlord was sent email requests for repaints, and he basically said, go for it, in each one. I guess he thought he could get free paint jobs done from them. So while juggling their normal lives, my cousin's family and the other four units all set out to find new places. They start packing, setting up everything for the painting, and then proceed to paint their walls. My cousin, however, decided to be extra vindictive, and buys a crap ton of black paint, along with varying neon colors. She and Allie then painted on as many layers of black paint that they could, after using primer, of course, in every single room. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even the bathrooms and ceilings weren't spared. They finished in about mid-November, and they let their kids, who are 5 and 8, loose with the neon colors. I'm talking handprints, random swatches of paint, footprints on the ceiling, just every random thing that those two kids wanted to do. According to my cousin, it was a glorious, horrific disaster. She even told me that there was a butt print. She didn't know what the other places were like, only hearing that the maintenance guy painted rainbows everywhere. That the family in apartment 5 had just thrown different color paints on the walls at random. Everyone pretty much had bad paint jobs that needed to be repainted to rent out. Thankfully, my cousin's family managed to find a place before Christmas, which was smaller, but it was in a good area of town. They sent their moving notice, and they booked it. Two weeks later, after they settled in their new place, Scumlord's blowing up their cell phones. He was pissed by all the new looks. The guy wanted to sue them and threaten court. My cousin and Allie obliged. So court day comes, and Slumlord actually had a lawyer. The guy was suing all five former residents at once. And he claimed a whole bunch of crap, including all the reasons for the evictions. And the maintenance guy destroyed him. He provided proof about the fake eviction evidence. And then, they all provided the email printouts of the paint requests, pointing out how Scumlord never specified how it was to be painted or the colors. So the judge threw Scumlord's case out the window and ordered him to pay restitution for damages. 
My cousin's family got the restitution, and she watched in glee as Scumlord struggled to undo the paint damages, before apparently giving up and tried to sell the building. So far, there have been no takers. And to clarify, former tenants want nothing to do with the old apartment anymore. As for repainting, I wasn't kidding when I said a crap ton of paint was bought and used. According to my cousin, they painted so many layers that every wall had thick coats of paint on it. So imagine trying to clean up all that. And lord knows how much paint was applied in the other units. Holy guys, like I don't know about you, but I hate painting. And I couldn't imagine painting a whole apartment unit with enough coats to make it as thick as OP was saying it was. Unless they just went mad and coated the roller and did one super duper thick coat. Which I could see that being more reasonable than doing like 20 coats. But what a way to spite someone. A whole apartment, walls and ceilings painted black. Like what a nightmare that must have been to see. So I'm a lawyer, but I haven't always been a lawyer. I was a law student once, and law students have all the arrogance of a lawyer, 1% of the knowledge, but 10 times the reckless abandon. And here's how all that came together. So I moved to DC to do the last semester of my law schooling at Georgetown. I jumped in an apartment with two other people, but I never met the landlord. The people liked me, and they said I could move in, but also said the landlord had a review process that could take a few weeks because he's lazy and slow. They also mentioned that he was a huge jerk, the guy never fixed anything, hadn't done so much as mowed the grass in years, and he hadn't paid the light bill in the lobby for months, so we had no porch lights. Which, whatever, I thought, I needed a place. So I asked them if they cared if I moved in that day, and they were fine with it. I knew enough landlord-tenant law in DC to know that the tenant basically always wins, so long as they're paying and not destroying the property. We used to call it pissing on the walls rules. So I just moved in, and I skipped the interview. I sent my first check to the landlord right away, a deposit, followed immediately by a month's rent. He deposited them as soon as he got them. A week or so later, he raises hell about me moving in without an interview, and he threatens to kick me out. That's when I kindly pointed out that he accepted my deposit and rent payment, and therefore I was officially a tenant. If he wanted to kick me out, he would have to start the process in court, which is expensive and takes forever. At that, he huffed and left me alone. I quietly paid my rent for months and months, but alas, all good things come to an end, and I had to move out eventually. I emailed the landlord two months, and then one month in advance of leaving. I let him know that he should come inspect the property to make sure I would not caused any damage that would require my deposit, and that if not, I would like it back. I never heard from him. The time eventually came that I was done living there and I was moving out. I had everything packed and was ready to leave, and then notified the landlord that I would like my deposit back. He then said if I wanted it back, I could start the process in court. That's when I smiled. I already knew that was coming. It turns out, Mr. Landlord, that those emails I sent you happen to correspond with the exact days and timing that I'm required to give you in order to get my security deposit back. Oh, and by the way, that request to come inspect the premises that you never replied to was also a part of the process. And by not coming, you've officially waived your inspection as of today. Also, I happen to have already filled out the small claim for return of a security deposit. Here's your copy. I'm electronically filing this with the court today. Good luck. 
About 10 days later, I got a check in the mail. Again guys, posts like this make me so happy because, like I said, I've dealt with a scummy landlord that basically stole my deposit, claiming a lot of BS things, which I later found out he wasn't allowed to do. And this person shares their comment and says, My sister went through some similar stuff when she was renting a house. One day, she calls my brother-in-law and says to him, Where's the binoculars? I think the landlord's parked down the street watching the house. He had the binoculars with him as he was scouting for the upcoming deer hunting season, but he had left his gun at home. He tells her, just use the scope on my gun. So my sister picks up the gun and gets to watch her landlord crap his pants because he was in fact watching the house with his own pair of binoculars, which is completely illegal, and saw my crazy ass sister pointing a rifle directly at him. Every molecule of my body wishes that there was a camera attached to that scope. This took place in the 90s. I lived in a small town with a population of approximately 3,000 people. Where I grew up, there was a few projects type places, but mostly poor white people. Like a trailer park, but more white trash and less space. We lived at the slightly nicer one. Your townhouse, if you got one, had a 4x4 foot patio. Slightly bigger if you shared with a neighbor. Well, my mom and aunts go outside to drink and it becomes a big deal. The property manager that sits and collects rent, let's call her Karen, starts complaining about us to the landlord. She tells my mom that she can't have parties. My mom says it's not a party, but that everyone does have parties, especially for kids' birthdays. Karen says that's not what she meant. So mom says, you mean an adult's party? What do you classify as an adult party? Karen says it's a party if it has booze. My mom says no, beer does not make a party or her after dinner beer was one sad ass party. Karen then says booze and friends with music makes parties. My mom says well I was drinking with family and no music so not a party. Karen then says well you were outside so you can't drink outside because it's in public. My mother says I was on my patio which I rent watching the kids, so it wasn't in public. Karen then caves and says, fine, it's not a party if you're on your patio and don't have music. So with that, she sends the memo out to every tenant, even the 12 apartment shoeboxes that have one patio at the two exits. So all the tenants come out to the patios. Some patios had the music going and some had beer, but everyone was drinking and that's when Karen calls the cops. The cops start with my mom because her yard is full. Karen screams that this is a party. My mom says, no, those are teenagers and kids playing in the yard, and I'm sitting on my patio having a beer watching. Karen then says, but there's music. That's when the neighbor sitting next to mom speaks up and says, that's from my patio, the kids are dancing. She then screams, arrest someone for public intoxication. Nope, not intoxicated, and not in public. They proceed to check every single patio. No one had both music and beer, and each radio was just loud enough to hear. Since they couldn't find a neighbor that was complaining, they just told Karen that there wasn't a party. But just neighbors visiting other neighbors, and kids listening to radios. It then became a thing every Friday and Saturday. Guys, I love it when a malicious plan comes together. And I just have to say, what kind of place doesn't allow parties and gatherings? Like, that's a little bit absurd. And the fact that she just calls the cops... Is ridiculous, okay? Like, it sounds to me like she wasn't invited, she got sad, so she had to rain on other people's parades. 
typical Karen, right? And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash malicious compliance. Guys, if you enjoyed the stories today, hit that like button. And if you're not subscribed, consider subscribing so you don't miss these crazy stories. And if you missed the last episode on the channel, it's an r slash entitled people episode, where a Karen demands OP date her son, which is ridiculous. Guys, go check it out if you haven't. And myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.